Hi, everybody. My name is Mike Manning. And I'm Trinity French. And we are your business coaches at Wired to Change. With the number two. We help you get your business to the levels you want to get it to so you can enjoy the life of a small business owner. All right, Trinity, numbers, numbers, numbers. Most small business owners have no idea what their numbers are or where their numbers came from. Terrifying, Mike. <laughs> Absolutely <is>. terrifying, <laughs> Coach Mike. I cannot Jeez. even begin to describe. I'm not wearing the name tag. You can't say Coach Mike today. <laughs> I'm buying you a golden whistle. Oh, God. In the bike shorts and the, the striped bike socks. Shirt. Yeah. Oh, it is happening. Well, let me put on, yeah, let me lose a little bit more weight so at least I look decent. So. But, I bet you have some sexy legs. Uh, I used to. You used yeah, to? Yeah, the age, of, yeah, I used to, yeah. Uh -huh. I could fill out a pair of jeans, yeah. but not, now, so. <laughs> not at 58 now. So. Uh, so we've talked on numerous podcasts about numbers, about tracking numbers, how to do that. I feel like we've talked about a number of things to get them to that point, except their conversion rate. And again, if you have no idea what your numbers are, and I talk about this in training on some things with BNI, which is Business Networking International. If you are putting out door hangers in neighborhoods you want to be in and you're running radio ads, how are you tracking it? And if you get no calls on radio ads and you got 20% conversion on the door hangers, hey, let's put out some more door hangers. But if you don't track it, you don't even know that. So right. conversion rates, it's pretty simple. What we recommend you do is work backwards. If you want one client a week, and our guest here is Alicia with Pura Vida Yoga Studios, so we're going to let her chime in occasionally. You need more <laughs> than one guest a week. That I do. Right. Because how big are your classes? Um, we For Ariel is max out at nine people. Okay. And then for the yoga classes, we can have 15 to 20 people in the space at the time. Trinity, I'm watching you and, and Ariel. I'm not going to do that. And how many people do you, do you know how many people you need in each class for that class to make you money? Um, all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in that area where every dime counts. Okay. Um, but yeah, so just. But enough. eventually you'll know what that number is. Like if a class isn't bringing in, you know, if an Ariel class is only bringing in six people instead of nine people, like you'll know when you need to cut that class mm -hmm. or change the class mm -hmm. time. Yeah, definitely. So then the goal becomes, okay, so I need nine people per class, and then you work back up. So, for instance, with Trinity and I, with the coaching clients, if we wanted one new one a week, which we'd take, you know, won't quite make us millionaires. We'd be thousandaires, and that'd be pretty <laughs> good. So if we wanted one new client a week, then we've got to figure out how many people we have are 45 to 60-minute free consultation with because mm -hmm. we need them to get to that point. So if every four people we get to that point, one becomes a client, there's our number. We don't have to worry about the one anymore because on average the math will get us there. So then we got to figure out to get those four meetings, how many people do we have to talk to, how many emails do we have to send out, and that's why it's a funnel, but you got to work backwards on that. You if do. You, and so most people have no idea how many events they go to, well, they don't know why they go to them, but they don't know what events they go to. They just don't know how to get to that number. And that's kind of what we want to talk with everybody today about is your conversion rate. Because we talked about sales funnels on uh, two shows ago. We did. So the notes that I had written down, because when Mike first brought this up, my heart took a little pitter-patter. 
of happiness I was and joy. Say, I have the pacemaker. My heart no, should be doing yeah, the pitter-patter. Yours is fine. My dad just got his pacemaker, pacemaker oh. put in, and I keep calling him the bionic man. And so he's like, you know. Oh, next to my wife is my best friend. Yeah. Uh, so in order to really nail down your conversion rate, you have to first collect the analytics. Mm. And that is a two-part process. When I have helped companies and people put these numbers into play or figure out their numbers, the first thing that we do is go back to the pool of people that have proven it before you. So finding out other companies that have tracked their numbers. So a great example of this is the Algranum system, which somebody who's in the financial services industry probably would recognize this guy's name. So basically this dude, Algranum, took all of the marketing numbers, prospecting numbers, numbers of appointments, number of phone calls, um, kept track of them for over 15 years, and then figured out what the ratios were for financial advisors to get a new client. And you were talking about this earlier before we went on the air. It's called the 1031 mm -hmm. system. And that gentleman is, that was the first sales training prospecting system that I ever learned when I worked back at Northwestern Mutual when I first started in my career. And that's when I broke into coaching, learned that system, trained all the agents on it, and then turned around and I actually was the coach that trained the coaches how to coach on the system. And what I loved about it is that it was predictable Yep. and somebody else had already done that work to go back and track all those numbers, the system was already there. What I found since that I absolutely love doing is helping other people track their numbers and figure out what their system is. And the very first piece of that, like I said, is collecting your analytics. And if you can get information from other industries or other people in your industry to find out what their numbers are, that gives you a baseline so you can compare yourself. In the financial world, and uh, reached out to a friend of mine yesterday, Don Steichen with Edward Jones, just to get a, a feel from him on this. And it, it's pretty simple. Again, we talked about it earlier. If you have 10 qualified prospects, mm -hmm. and that leads to three booked appointments, on average, that's going to get you a client. Right. So now every week, you just report to the number 10. If I find 10 qualified appointment, 10 qualified prospects, the funnel will take care of itself. I may get two one week. I may not get any one week, but on average that 10, three, one will happen. So just, did I get my 10 people today? That's yes. all I need to do now. And that's how simple things can be. It's not easy finding those 10 qualified prospects because you got to reach out to your family, your friends, Alicia, your tells like your community mm -hmm. got to reach out to them. If you said, Hey, I'm starting a new class on Monday nights for, you know, pick somebody you would reach out to your community to help you find that. And I would imagine after probably maybe another, you know, six months or nine months, as you start collecting all your data, looking at that more, you know, when you get a day off, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> then you could say, okay, every, if I want to start a class, here's what I need to do to get nine people. Mm -hmm. And that's all you do. Now you just report to that big number. Yep. Hey, I talked to 200 people. Yep. I'm going to get nine by mm -hmm. March one yep. and you're done. Yep. And that, but again, it goes back to, like you've said on a number of occasions, do you know your data? Do you have, <laughs> do you know where it is? Do you know where it is? <laughs> Are you keeping track of it? Yes. And do you actually look at it and give a shit about what it means? Because mm -hmm. those are the most important pieces of knowing your conversion rate. 
And there are two ways that you can make more money in business. You can either do more or you can do it better. And your conversion rate is the lever for you to be able to see which you need to do, be doing. And sometimes it's both. Because if you know that your conversion, like if your conversion rate is that 10, 3, 1, mm -hmm. but you are only um, converting, you know, if you're converting four to one, well, something's broken in your conversion process. You're not doing a good enough job at that initial meeting to convert that client. If you are supposed to have for every 10 qualified leads, be able to set three appointments and you're only setting two appointments, then there's something wrong in your dialogues, your language, or guess what? Those aren't really actually qualified yeah. prospects that you're putting in the top of that funnel. And if that's the case, you need to reevaluate where you're getting your qualified prospects from. And we've talked about a prospect versus a suspect on a, on numerous podcasts yes. that you've got to know. You just have to know that. Right. And, and that's a, a slippery slope too, because if you're tracking um, your numbers. <clears throat> when I first started gathering the data and analytics to put together the prospecting um, and conversion rate system at Hunter Row, the very first thing that I told all of the real estate agents to do was to track their numbers, but track them honestly mm -hmm. and to track them the same. Because if they we're always counting a new referral. And so I said, okay, well, what's the definition of a new referral? Well, a new referral is you have the name and you have contact information for that person because you can't count it as a referral. If someone said, Hey Mike, I gave my business, you get, I gave your business <laughs> card to Alicia. That does not count as a no. referral. <laughs> that is just some cold whim on the wind that is probably never going to turn into business. Just like for Alicia, is it a referral if I am out and about and I'm just handing out her business cards or mm -hmm. if I actually introduce somebody and bring them to a class of hers? Mm -hmm. yeah. That's a referral. Mm -hmm. And that's what you really need to figure out what you're tracking because if you're tracking everything as either a qualified prospect or a referral, then it's going to skew your numbers. You have, what did we talk last time, two or three mailing lists depending on... And I think I was on the most favorite one, but I'm not quite sure yet. I need to get you a referral. So. But you have them labeled. Mm -hmm. And you have to, even if you just meet somebody, like if, Alicia, if you meet somebody, what is, this will come out January 21st, I think is next month, next Tuesday. Mm -hmm. If you meet somebody on the 21st, you may not see them again till April, mm -hmm. but are they in your system? Do you grab... Are you to the CRM point where you're just grabbing everybody's information or building your database? Yeah, we have a, we have a database where we can collect their stuff, and then it t it takes them to our newsletter, which they can therefore Beautiful. keep keep or unsubscribe if they want to. But we have a pretty good where I can see those analytics of keeping them right, which is pretty good. Have you been able yeah. to tell? It's hard the first year. Have you it been is. able to draw any conclusions on some of the numbers you're seeing, conversions, click-throughs, visits, anything like that yet? Uh, kind of. I can kind of see that. And it's been definitely in very specific areas for what they're looking for. Um, but definitely, I've, I've seen a big impact with it of what I'm learning still in the process. And there are a number of different places you can get convert. You need to follow all the conversion rates. One is cold calling and networking. I mean, we all hate cold calling, but I think we have to. Another is if we and Trinity and I are going to have this probably 
hopefully in the next 60 days, uh, trying to put together a lunch and learn. So mm -hmm. that would go into the lunch and learn slash webinar category. So if we have 20 people to come to a lunch and learn and we convert two and we do that for four weeks in a row, there's our math. Yeah. Hey, we get 10, we get one. And it's that right. simple. Click through leads. We're talking about this with Drago earlier. Um, and same thing with your website. Are they clicking through to something? And does that take them to their, and again, you, you probably used a great word, need. Mm -hmm. I'm clicking not on your website. I'm clicking on, can you make my back feel better? Mm -hmm. So I can pick up my grandson yeah. for the next hour long. He wants to be picked <laughs> up. So, but the need, so what problem do you solve? And then do you get them on the right landing page? Mm -hmm. Hey, this is where, okay, if I Google, how does yoga help my, or what yoga studio can guy go to help my back? And it sends me to you. And then you got a page that says, hey, old man, this page is Specifically towards, you. yes. Specifically and you should title it, hey, old man, this page is for you. Because <laughs> that thoughts. I would read. I would read that in a heartbeat. But you need to know that. Here's one of my favorites on Facebook. And Instagram did the smart thing. They took the likes out on Instagram. I don't know that. I don't know that. I think that I that was very smart. Well, I like it. Here's why. Because people will say, oh, on Facebook, I've got... You know, I put this out there and I got, like Alicia, like, well, I got, we got a class here or whatever, whatever it is you put out there. Oh, I got 900 likes on that. Okay. Did you convert it to a client? Well, no, but I got 900 likes. Where's the next one you put out? Oh, I got 27 likes, but I got four clients out of yeah. it. Yeah. Which one do you want? But you need, but the likes from the business realm are your way of measuring engagement. And it does give and, more exposure. Right. Yeah. So if they're so, and I have a really hard time with that because I love tracking and I love numbers. So yes, that is why people get obsessed with wanting to see that likes go up because that's showing how many people are actually engaging with you, not just scrolling through and looking at your photos or looking at your posts. But that's a different, that's a different line there because you have, you can, you can track engagement. So if I post when I post the first uh, uh, podcast we did with Alicia on LinkedIn and people scroll over it, that's a view, but I want them to comment or engage with it. It's if they view it, but they never click on the podcast. Did we win? We did not. Right. So that would be the Same like thing. if people like no, it, but never click if, if on they, it. If they like it, it means they took enough time. It, it, it drew them in enough. Yes, you're cringing, but this is it's so not true. My back this time, no. Oh, no, it's not your back. <laughs> but, and Alicia, I think, agrees with me on this. So so it, on the social here, media portion of things yes. and all the <laughs> analytics and what I've researched with a lot, it is. It is. It it is definitely. Drago agrees with me. So. No, I, but, I completely disagree. But, but if, we're, if, we can't wait. agree to disagree. Yes, I, again, I'm wrong but we're disagreeing to do it. Yeah. But if 400 people like it and, and you get no business out of it. Well, then that's a different conversion rate. But that's why you're, I'm glad you're that rating Instagram took two things. Out. Yeah, but why? I want why engagement. Why they're taking out one more piece of information now that we don't have? But you want engagement. Because we want to see the filter. I want to see how many people are actually engaging with me, liking that information, because that shows me how many people are taking the time to read it. Because you're not just going to go through and scroll through and just go like, 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 like. You only like something if it triggers you enough that you actually look at it or read it to a point yeah but some people like a lot of stuff just because it shows their name that they liked it when it shows up on somebody else's feed so yeah that's but they're still engaging play. they're engaging they had to look at the content yeah but engaging to me is either clicking on it or commenting on it if you put up a 
a class for 58 and over grandfathers, okay, I'm going to click on that. But if she puts a class up for moms with new baby, I'm just scroll right. I may look at the what you wrote, but I'm just going to scroll right by. I'm not going to click on it. So she I, that does her no good, right? I want to know the level of engagement for me personally. Okay. Right. I want to know whether people are clicking on that, whether they're liking it, if they're liking it. And I also want to see, because I look at on our social media, how many people are engaging with our post? Mm -hmm. Are we getting comments? Are we getting shares? Are we getting likes? Because then that, Which, that changes your technique if you need to adjust to something right, because for them. Th this is how I've gotten better at social media because I've been working on, okay, well, what's the mix of my personal versus professional mm -hmm. posts and making sure that there's a good blend of both of those. And when people are like actually not drive, getting driven away from the page, because I know I follow a ton of real estate agents on social media. And if all they ever do is post real estate, real estate, real estate, real estate, I'm like, yeah. ugh, yeah, yuck, you suck, bye. Yeah. Like you're boring yeah. me. But I want to see a blend of things. And so I think going back to the conversation that we had on our last podcast, which Alicia said was, I tend to do things based on my likes and wants because that is very similar to what other people like and want. So if they're not, if I'm seeing something and I'm not afraid to copy the good stuff that other people mm. are, are doing. Whatsoever. When you when you drive home tonight, that's going to hit you that you're wrong on that. But that'll hit you in about hey, three hours when you're driving. I would home, so. absolutely <laughs> love to come in here and tell you for a third time that you were right Twice and, I, and I was wrong. But All right, so let's go to your real estate postings. When you post coming soon, four three in Clayton, nice neighborhood, three hundred eighty four thousand mm -hmm. dollars. What are you looking for from that post? I want to see how many people it's getting in front of, how many people are liking that post, how many people are commenting on that post, and then how many direct messages do I get from that? Who's more likely to buy the house that does what out of all the things you just um, mentioned? So the likelihood of somebody from my social media feed buying that house is about 1%. Fair point. Because that's not how people find houses. People find houses based off of the searches that their real estate agents have set up for them. And when that initial house goes out via their search and shows up in their email inbox, their real estate agent's going to call, book that appointment and bring them out to find that house. My social media posting is more for me to advertise myself as a real estate agent. And the clients I get from that post are people that have been kind of on the fringe thinking about buying or selling. But the DM would mean more to you than just a like. Right? Well, the DM's always going to be more than a like. So it's a stronger, it's a much stronger, right. um, was, it's a, it's much more personable. Yes. It's like that next level. Right. And that's what you want to get somebody to opt into a newsletter that you send yes. out. Yeah. Stuff like that. I want to get them engaging with me one-on-one right. -on -one so that way we can have a conversation. And are people, are people tracking, back to the original point on this was, are they tracking everything or are they just tracking Hey, I got a three phone calls this week and I asked them where they found us and here's what they said. Yeah, Which at least helps. At least you know something from that. Right. Because I keep track of where Everything. my... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the main reason that I keep track of where things come from and what's happening is because I honestly can't remember. 
Right. So if I didn't keep track of everything and write it all down and put it in my database, I'd have no clue. I wouldn't know my ass from my elbow <laughs> because there's so much stuff going on in my head. I'm probably writing a novel right now as we speak. <laughs> if we can, and one of the things we always like to do is educate on this. And so if you're not familiar with what a conversion rate is, let's do some simple math. Yes. So Alicia sends out, she makes 100 phone calls mm -hmm. to people that, hey, we're starting. What's the next class you'd like to start? Um, a fit to fly class of fitness. Okay. Yeah. Right. Fit to fly. So, Ooh, does yeah. that mean so, getting in shape so you can yes, do silks? It's more of a conditioning class so that you have the strength to be able to do silks. Ooh, I think you just got one. Yeah. <laughs> I think you just got, got a client. Because Scott's smart enough to know if Trinity does it, I'll do it. So. Yes. So you make 100 phone calls uh -huh. and your reach rate to people is 20% that you actually talk to them. Okay. All right. So you narrowed it down to you talk to 20 people. Your qualifying rate is 40%. So 40% of those people said, you know what? I need more information on that. So that's down to eight now. Mm -hmm. So 100 calls, 20% reach rate means you have 20 people you talk to. Qualifying rate is 40%. That's eight people that said, you know what? I need more info. And your close rate is 50%. So of those eight, you, you, got, you close four. So it's 100 down to 20, down to eight, down to four. That's a conversion rate. So you know, okay, so every, so now this math just told you every 25 calls, I get one client. Mm -hmm. I need 10, great, 250 calls, right? Yeah. Everybody get on the phone here. <laughs> but that's how simple it is to do some yeah. easy math to know that. So then the only thing Alicia and her team reports to every week is, or every third day, did you make your 100 calls? Because mm -hmm. you know, on average, it'll work out to four clients. Mm -hmm. And that's how simple things can be, and people need to look at that. So, Trinity, let's talk about a couple things on why their conversion rate isn't higher. So, when you go to somebody's website, what drives you just absolutely nuts about it? <laughs> See, this that is was good. Okay, that was. Well, just jump uh, in whenever you want. Yeah. I knew this would be I, good. I can't wait to hear what yours is, too. But my <laughs> biggest pet peeve when I go to somebody's website is when their email address is not listed yes. or yes. their phone number is yep. not listed. Because 80% of the time that I'm looking for you on your website, I'm doing it from my phone. So first piece of advice, have it flipping optimized for my phone and have yes. your contact information easily accessible. And I wanna be able to click on your phone number and call you directly from my phone. So I don't have to go find a scrap of paper, write down your phone number and- Pull over pull and over. dial the phone, yeah. And because, and the reason that people are doing this is because it's been ingrained in their mind that they're supposed to be using their website as this funnel to catch prospects by catching their contact information in a form. Yeah. And all of these form emails drive me absolutely batty yeah. because those form emails are so impersonal. And if I want to be able to just email you from my email address, so I have a record of it and you don't have an email address listed, you can still have the form. You the just form right there lost my business. You just lost because, my business. Because you because made this too complicated. Yeah. You made it too complicated. <laughs> yeah. And now I know that I'm going to be, I'm just some number in a database. Yeah. And what's the likelihood that you're actually going to even call me back or return my email? Mm -hmm. What's What drives you nuts? Oh, that website? same thing is making it too hard to understand, to understand to everything is mobile these days. Everything is fast, everything. So give your information. What's, what's, what, what is your business? What are your prices or what are your, what is 
what are you? Yeah. <laughs> and making what, it easily yeah. accessible to the person. And one of the other ways to get a higher click rate is to, ooh, you have 48 hours, two days, here's the 20% off or good for, and you're inclined to do that. It sounds like if it's easy for you to opt in mm -hmm. or get information on that somehow. Yeah kind of make them engage yep. with you. So for the, if you're wanting a little bit more of that substance, you can make them engage more. And if you get on play. some websites, it's the call to action is either non-existent yep. or just, hey, we're going to have this event in March and golly gee, we hope you sign up. Mm -hmm. The design of the website the or however you want that. The headline and the offer. What's the offer? Are you catching my eye? Clutter on Colors the Colors and clutter, for sure. Yep. Is this yep. too much for my eyes to process right now? And yeah. the other thing you can find out when you go knee-deep, like Drago and people like that can go, they can tell where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. So if 50% of your traffic is coming from the city of Cary, they go to the city of Cary to type in, where can I find a yoga studio? It's like, all right, well, we need to do more yeah. there. But again, it goes back to the data on, and then, no, again, like I said earlier, no urgency. Yeah. Um, so if you're having a class and you want to start at February one, you would naturally say taking from the reading from the book of Trinity, a couple of spots left or however you want to say that you'd find a clever way to say. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Because yeah. people want in on stuff that yeah. is in high demand. Right. For sure. So if you're driving down the road and two restaurants are right next to each other and there's 40 people lined up outside of one and none outside the other, which one do you want to go in? Exactly. <laughs> Why? Even I want to be a part a, of that. Even yeah. though there's a table waiting for you. In the other mm -hmm. one. It goes back to the Yogi Bear. A Berra table line. waiting yeah. to eat some crap food. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the Yogi Do you know who Yogi Bear is? You're very young. Yes, okay, I actually right, do. Good. Glad to hear that. <laughs> well, he, one of his great lines was, nobody goes there anymore. You can't get a table. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love. So, And then cold calling. Don't read from a script. Nothing worse. You, you tell stories all the time about people calling you saying, let me help you grow your real estate business yes. and you're reading from a dang script. I get so many cold calls yeah. that oh. it just, and I am really nice to about 50% of them. And then 50% mm -hmm. of them just piss me off because they're not listening. They're not trained well. Mm -hmm. I try to let them know right off the bat if I'm not a prospect for them mm -hmm. because I don't want to waste their time or have them waste my time. And if they just keep going and drilling in and trying to go, they just wind up making it so where I would never work with them, even if I became a prospect in the future, just because their sales tactic was so poor. And that, that well leads said. into the next point was do a little research on who you're calling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Instead of like, okay, I have a hundred calls to make. Okay. Name seven. Okay. Hi, my name is Mike. I'm doing this, doing that. And uh, just, we talked about, there's some, I found some really neat notes, conversion rates by industry, email marketing, the conversion rate is generally one to 4%. So again, if you get 10 clicks and now you got to get a hundred clicks and one comes through, there's your 1%. Newsletters, even less, it's pretty much right at 1%. Uh, cold calling, I think we've seen numbers from two to four to 5%, depending on who you are. Uh, believe it or not, Facebook ads, that was reading yesterday. About nine percent click through rate, or about nine percent conversion rate on Facebook ads. So, Get a lot of and through yep. that. Oh, yeah. um, I think what's really interesting about those numbers 
is that most of the businesses that we work with don't do any of those things. So I do a bit of email marketing, but that is more as a way to keep in contact with people that have already qualified that want to keep in contact with me. So I'm not just adding random people to my email marketing distribution list unless I've already predetermined that they're a person that wants to hear from me. And then I can know how annoying I'm being by how many of those people decide to jump ship and unsubscribe from my emails. You Tonight you have a buyer's... I have a listing console, listing console and okay. buyer. Well, it's a buy-sell. Okay. So. If you wanted to sell two houses a week, how many... Let's work up your sales funnel here for your conversion rate. Mm-hmm. If you want to sell... Is, is that a fair number to work off of two in a week or four in a month? I like to do 50 a year. Okay, so that's one a week. Okay, that's some easy yeah. SEC math right there since I went to Tennessee. Yeah. So I know you Ivy League or an ACC people, you <laughs> figure that out quicker. So so you want to sell one house a week. So working backwards on the conversion rate, what do you have to, Who? how many people do you have to, how many consults do you have to have? For me to sell 50 houses in a year, um, the way that I calculated out the ratios for Hunter Row and for the real estate realm is that um, we have what we call a sales team. So I keep in contact with about 300 people who know me, like me, and have agreed to refer me, right? So the other day, I get a text message from Cameron, from Alicia's fiance, and he said, hey, guess what? I just referred you to another person. Man, I referred you, you too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. thanks. And you, you scored with him, didn't right? you? Right? Yeah, seriously. This is And and he can play kickball, so <laughs> let's just, do you, true. Do you play kickball? I don't. Too aggressive for me. I need oh, my really? yoga it self. Is, yeah. Do you cheer and... Or he's not he, hasn't, he hasn't played in a while, and neither yeah. have I, because we both got injured yeah. playing Severely, kickball. Yeah. Adult kickball is no oh, joke. Yeah. We'll, oh, yeah. we'll go on a tangent about that some other time, but I've had three pretty major kickball-related injuries. <laughs> well, did you trip over yourself running to first base, or were these legitimate? No, I... Okay, fine. Side note. The last injury that I had in kickball, I was um, going from first. I get to second. Our third base coach... And I are like, should I go? Should I go? And I, I almost stopped. I didn't go. And the, um, when they tried to throw out the person at first, they overthrew. And I was thinking, this is great. I'm going to make it to third. No problem. I'm a pretty fast sprinter. Going for it. So the bionic man who was playing first base runs the 30 feet past first, picks up the ball, and throws it all the way nice. to third base and I'm about two steps away from the plate and he hit me in the foot with the kickball and my feet yeah, went out is. underneath me and I landed on my face and my wrist and that is why when I went to take Alicia's aerial yoga I had a fractured oh, wrist yeah. because he took me out I ate I saw stars I blacked out like I was done. I was down for the count. I stood up and could not feel my hand. Now, (laughs) while I want to show empathy, don't take this question the wrong way. Did you not see the ball coming? He threw it at my foot. Did you not see, were you not running and looking and just see where the ball was? I was sprinting as fast as I possibly could to third base. Did your coach not, it sounds like your coach was was nothing. Like, what am I going to do? He, instead of throwing the kickball at me and hitting me in the body like you're supposed to, he just hit me (laughs) perfectly in the foot, which took my feet out right from underneath me. Tell me there's video of that. No, thank God. 
All right, so let's go back. Right. So three hundred. So, you have three hundred so people. So for, for my conversion rates, um, I need three hundred people that I'm keeping in contact with throughout the year. I have a point system to make sure that I do keep in contact with those people. Mm -hmm. So the way that I work by referral is I make phone calls to people. I invite them to networking events. I get in front of them face to face for what I call a one to one meeting. I do little pop buys where I'll stop by with like a little gift or something fun for people. Um, and I do a lot of handwritten thank you notes to keep in contact and right. send out. All right. So for the purposes of this conversion rate, let's again, let's work backwards. So the, the listing console you have tonight. Yes. How many of those, is this already a sale? Is this guaranteed? Or are you selling your wares so, and trying to convert them? <clears throat> so my conversion rate from referrals to closed clients is three to one. Okay. And the conversion what, what you, rate. What does that mean? Three that referrals. That means for every three referrals, I have one closed transaction. Okay. All right. And that rate increases or I should say goes down. So by the end of this year, I should be at two to one because of the time lag that it takes to build, to ramp up the clientele. Because last year, um, over half of the closings that I had were referrals that I had from the year before. Did you talk to, nice job with the phone, man. Is this about the... <laughs> I, I'm is getting, it, I'm sitting here as I'm getting multiple offers on one of my listings. It's so a my phone podcast. is blowing. Yeah, my phone it, is blowing up. If you need to stop, I can edit this out while you talk and sell another million dollar house. So. How, many con, how many consults do you have to have to convert into a buyer or a seller? I, Am I asking that the right way? Yeah, you okay, are. Right. So... I would say that my my conversion rate from referrals to meeting with someone is typically somewhere around 80%. Okay. Now, where the fallout is, is uh, my conversion rate from a referred buyer to a closed buyer mm -hmm. is almost 100%. Yeah. Because there's nothing, you know, they're not As shopping it around. Yeah. It's, yeah, so so that's fine. Um, where some of the fallout comes on the buyer side is because somebody might not be pre-qualified or they just never get their act together and they just can't afford to buy a house. So I would say for my buyers, buyer referrals to closed buyers, I'm looking at about 70%. Either yeah. I couldn't get in contact with them or for whatever reason, they're just never going to be able to buy a house. On the listing side, I'm at about 60% because some of the people that I'm referred to decide that they want to list their house with a discount broker, or they want to go another way, or it's not the right time and they can't sell their house because when we run through the numbers, they realize that they're upside down or it's just not going to financially be a good time for them to sell. But I know all those numbers and that's what makes it really important because that's how I gauge what I need to do. And if I find that I, if I start slipping and those numbers are going up, then, oh, am I missing something in my listing consult that I should be doing? Is there something in my buy orientation that I should have said that I wasn't doing? Is there something in my follow-up that... Yeah you know, that I missed out on, was I not fast enough, whatever it is. So there's two pieces to your conversion rate. Um, one is how good are you at doing the things that you're doing along the way? And the first is, are you doing enough of them to even get those numbers to begin with? Yep. I agree. Got because you got to have at the top of the funnel. We got to have the numbers to talk. You have to, to so. have the the high enough numbers. Do, Alicia, do you know how many of your clients come from current? Do you call them students? Students, yeah. 
young yogis? What do you mm-hmm. call them? Students. Okay. Yeah. Do you know roughly how many of yours, once one gets in your class, like they drag a friend, like, you got to go? They, yeah, I mean, that multiplies because of them. And they yeah. actually, yeah, the, and with the birthday parties, that multiplies. So really? every time I have one birthday party, I will which can be nine to 15 people at a time. And I would re- start to retain a lot more, especially for the younger community mm-hmm. that does start to build. I've started to see that increase a lot mm-hmm. more. And that conversion rate is definitely at that sweet spot right now. There you go. Yeah. All right. What great advice do you have as we wrap up here? Uh, my great advice is number one, track your numbers. No, please. The <laughs> what is not tracked cannot be studied. Yes. And the only way to know what your ratios are to know what your numbers are in the first place. One of our clients right now, his big project for the first couple months of this year is he's creating a mold of himself so Mm -hmm. he can hire a new marketing person. And I said, well, the only way that we're going to know what that marketing person needs to do is to have the data so we can plug them in so we know exactly how many calls he needs to make, how many sales appointments he needs need to go on. So he's tracking everything he's doing personally. So So he's creating the template for himself. It's really interesting to watch him go through this process because it's been about three years since um, I've really delved into helping somebody go in like from this much of the ground level and I love it. I forgot how much fun it is. And another client uh, in the mortgage world ran through the numbers, newer numbers, but looked at all the referrals she'd gotten from realtors and listed the top 25 realtors that sent her the most business and found out the Five, top five agents sent her 80% of her business. There's the Pareto principle and coming into play, the it, so, 80-20 rule. And so the first quarter of 2020, she's just going to love on those five people and dr- jump that to 85%. Yes. But you got to know that so you're calling the right people. Yes, yeah. the Pareto principle says that 80% of your results is going to come from 20% of yes. your work. And it's knowing what is that 20%. So true. And really focusing and getting good at that 20%. My second piece of advice for people that are looking at their conversion rate is make sure that you're reviewing it over time. Because like I said, there are months where I might not have as many listing consults and then I go on the next one and I'm a little rusty. So if I don't have a listing consult, I want to go back and and test it out. I want to be practicing. I might ask somebody like, hey, can I come over and just walk it you through it just just to keep on the top of my game so that when that next opportunity comes up I'm not rusty it's kind of like people suffer through the holiday breaks they stop for two weeks or three weeks and it's tough getting started back again in January it is and I don't want that to affect my conversion right same thing if you are you know running a yoga studio and you do a special class every summer you need to make sure you're practicing so you know what yeah. to teach that class, even when you're not teaching it, because mm-hmm. you'll get a little rusty. Yeah. And two reasons why you need to sell more houses. One is you've got a aerial class to take. I do. Did you call it a silk? <laughs> she called it, um, yeah, they're aerial, aerial silk. That's fit, right. Fit you, to fly. Yeah. Okay. Fit to fly, yeah. Fit to fly. And you got a husband with a Jeep. Yes. Enough reason there to have to sell another house just so he can outboard that third. <laughs> My goodness he can, gracious. Yeah. Him and that Jeep. He wants a jammock so bad. Do you guys know what a jammock is? No. It's a Jeep hammock. You put it over the top of your Jeep and you can lay in there. Oh, while you're yes, oh we're God. I'm totally gonna surprise him at some point. Not soon. Wait, you're gonna, gonna lay in there and do what? <laughs> you take a nap, read a book. Nice. Chill out. Chill out. That sounds magical. Yeah. It's so, called a jammock. 
like his own man cave. Or right. that's his doghouse you sent him to. Just go take I a have, nap. Go in go the garage, put up your jammock, and go to bed. <laughs> All right, folks, the, the moral of the story today is know your numbers. Know where they're coming from. Now Know how you're converting them so you can keep going back to that faucet where the water's running and mm-hmm. keep getting clients instead of going to a new place. And one of our favorite things to do in business coaching is to help people to identify those numbers and help them to figure out what their conversion rates are. So if you're listening to this and you think of a small business owner who is either struggling with knowing their numbers or struggling with knowing what their numbers mean, we would absolutely love an introduction to them because this is somewhere where we can really help them to hone in on, identify, and execute on improving their conversion rates. And with that, we will see you next time on our Wired to Change podcast.